morning, everyone. It's great to be here. What a wonderful meeting so far, hey? How God's just really met with us. That um, communion time was also just really special as we remember the Lord's death for us. Just how uh, that song, just reflecting on Christ's death as we listen to that song. Well, personally, I was just very, very challenged and uh, that blessed me a lot. So hopefully that blessed you too. And those words as well that we've had um, uh, this morning so far, how God's really been speaking to us this morning. He really, he really has. And, uh, you know, actually, I remember some advice that uh, was given by uh, Dave Holden saying, if you're tired, go to bed. But if you're weary, go to God. And that's what I would give to you afresh this morning. If you're tired, go to bed. But if you're weary, then go to God and he will refresh your soul. Your soul. And uh, Oswald Sanders um, uh, says as well, he says that, um, uh, that isolation is physical, but loneliness is psychological. And if you're feeling lonely, then you need to go to God as well. And he will meet with you and he will bless you. So, just uh, have those two bits of advice there. Right, now I need two volunteers uh, to come and build something out of Lego up here. Oh, okay, yep, right, great. Nathaniel uh, and Neo. Let's, uh, you two can come up here. I thought you guys were out this morning. Here you go. So, let me, uh, let me come around here. You might not be able to see me back at home, but you'll be able to see what these guys are doing. So anyway, look, there you go. You've already got your prize. So it's, it's not a competition who builds the best one. You can build a house. You can build a boat. You can build a car. Whatever you want. You can take a seat. You can stand. You do it. There's a bit of ground there. Let me just uh, make it a little bit easier for you. There's pieces there. Carry on. Right, while that happens, I'm going to go round and just ask a few people around the room what your um, favourite thing was to build as a child. It doesn't have to be out of Lego. It can be out, you know, it could be a treehouse or something like that. So I'm going to start with Owen, as he's here. Um, I always really like those fake foods where you like build burgers and things. Very. Uh, <laughs> That doesn't surprise me, Owen. That doesn't surprise me, yes, yeah. Anyone else want to volunteer? Otherwise, I'm just going to go around and pick on people. Oh, Georgie, yep. Used to like building Lego houses. Lego houses, yes. Very nice, very nice. Over there, Amanda. I, I used to like making um, small little gardens um, out of trays and various things with little ponds and fairy gardens. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Yep. Any, anyone else? Oh, comes to Nigel first and then Dan. Airfix, airfix aeroplanes. Oh, I remember them ones with glue and all that sort of thing. Yes, yeah, very good. If you didn't get that, Sandra said his age is showing. Um, tanks, lots Ta of tanks with Lego and loads and loads of wheels. Okay, okay, great. Anyone else? Or should I leave it there? Oh, one back over here, Chelsea. I used to love building camps on the downs. Camps on the downs. Ah, there you go. Very, very good. We'll leave these guys building uh, up here just for a little bit longer. You've only got... Oh, my goodness, you're going for like a really, really 
positive build here. Okay, well maybe maybe I'll leave you just a little bit longer, but not, not too long. You've got about you've got about three, four minutes, okay? So it doesn't have to be perfect, just uh, just something to, to show people. See obviously we've been focusing quite a bit on physical things that we're building at the moment. But as we know as adults, it's, when we talk about building things, we're not just restricting it to physical things as well. It could be building a family. When people talk about building something, it could be building a family, building a life together, building a business, building a reputation, a good reputation, uh, that is. We all like the thought of our lives contributing to something that is bigger than just ourselves and, it, it, and that the influence going beyond our lives. And you know, one of the things that we're finding at the moment, one of the things that we're finding quite upsetting that is going on in Ukraine at the moment is things that we have seen and we have been building, if you like, as nations together for three generations is all of a sudden being undermined. It's all of a sudden being, it's coming crashing down around us. This war there is not just something that's out there. It's happening to one of us, to one of uh, our own nations, if you like. And we all know well powers are trying to work on the situation and trying to de-escalate the situation without escalating it further and causing uh, world war. However, everyone also has an opinion on what leaders should be doing about it. But the truth is, my friends, Jesus is very clear that actually it was a false sense of security that we had in the things of this world. Because whilst we preach uh, and uh, we teach at Christmas time, we, we read uh, Isaiah 9 at Christmas time, that of the increase of Christ's government and peace, there will be no end. Actually, it, we, and we preach about Jesus bringing peace here on earth that will not fully be established in the physical realm until Christ returns. What we're called to focus on here and now, if you like, is that the gospel of the kingdom goes out to every nation, every, every tribe, every ethnic group, so that the gospel of peace can be proclaimed between God and man, the main peace between God and man can be sorted out, can be established. You see, because ultimately, that is the root cause of all of our problems, of all the issues anyway. The fact that before God, we come under his wrath. We face his judgment. And the Bible makes it clear that there is no way that any of us can get right with a righteous God by our own efforts. Actually, our own efforts, even our best efforts, are still tainted with sin. They're still, they're still coloured by our sin. And actually, our sins aren't just something that can be overlooked according to the righteous scales in heaven. Just like the international community is now trying to slap war crimes on Vladimir Putin and uh, see him punished for that, because justice demands that. The righteous scales of heaven actually demand 
our punishment for the things that we have done against God and the things that we do against God, how we have treated our Creator, and actually how we treat our fellow man as well. And yet God, in his love and in his grace, made a way for us to be forgiven through Jesus Christ's perfect life, his death on the cross that we've just celebrated by taking communion together, where he chose to die on that cross, to take on himself the punishment for the things that you and I have done wrong. He himself fully pleased God. He never displeased him. And when we put our faith in him, not only do we get forgiven, but we get given his righteousness as well. We get given a fresh hope. We get given a clean slate, a new start, and we get accepted into God's family. Jesus' resurrection from the grave shows us that just as Jesus defeated sin, death, and the devil, that all those who put their faith in Christ would also beat sin, death, and the devil as they are gloriously raised to life again. And this certain hope that is something that nothing can change, that cannot be shaken, like we're seeing in the world today, things that we thought were certain are being shaken. Actually, the gospel hope cannot be shaken. And you can receive that yourself today. If you don't know Jesus, you can surrender your life to him. You can be forgiven and you can have a fresh, heart, a fresh start. I'm going to be bringing it to a close now, so you really uh, need to be quick on, uh, on your design. We'll show what you've, uh, what you've built. So if that's you, I just want you to just pray this in your heart before God now. If you're thinking, yeah, actually, I want to get right with Jesus. I've been coming a while now. I know I'm in a bad place. Maybe you've actually walked away from God and you know you need to surrender to him afresh. Then I'm going to encourage you just to pray along with me in your heart, right at the beginning of my message, so that, we can, uh, um, uh, so that you can get right with God now. Just pray this in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all that I have done that offends you, that upsets you, that is wrong. Thank you that because of Jesus' resurrection from the grave, I know I can be forgiven. I know that I can have a hope that goes beyond this life into eternal life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me a child of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, or I don't have a little flyer uh, down here, please come and grab me afterwards. I'd love, to, I'd love to speak to you about the decision you've made. If you're watching online, please contact the office so we can help you in your walk with God. Now let's have a quick look. What, what, have, you, what have you built over here? I have built a salami and lettuce sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I might need a microphone, actually. Oh, I've got it. Have I? Oh, I've got it. Look at that. I have built a salami and lettuce sandwich with a knife so you can cut it in half and a bag of uh, salt and vinegar crisps. Oh, like, like that as well. yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Neo. Um, so I went more on the modelling side and made um, a dirt biker um, drifting in the mud. Ah, very good, very good. 
You've earned your arrows, guys. So there you go. You take your arrows and uh, yeah, off you off you go now. Thank you for that. You can have that back, Owen. I wasn't quite expecting that to take so long. <laughs> never, never mind, never mind. I should have made that uh, uh, clear at, at the beginning. But my friends, the point is, when you invest in something, you don't just, it's not just you doing something, you invest your time and your heart into that thing that you are building. And when it comes crashing down, when it, when it is destroyed, it actually, it actually, Causes you to feel quite weary, weary even. It quite feels you, makes you feel uh, distraught. And the point is, as Christians, Jesus is clear. He wants us to maintain an eternal perspective, and that's my first point. We're not to get distracted by the things of this life. If you want peace on earth, as I'm sure we all do, then we're all called to be engaged in taking the gospel to the nations, because that's the only way that peace is going to be established, when every tribe, tongue, and nation comes to know and love him. This side of eternity, Jesus is actually very clear. In Matthew 24, 24 verse 6 and 7, he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdoms. So in order for that to stop, we need to be people that proclaim the gospel so it can go out to every nation in order to stop that. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. God has not called you to live a troubled-free life. Do you understand that? Say it to the person next to you. God has not called you to live a troubled-free life. He hasn't. But he will help you overcome all that comes your way. Hallelujah. Even in death for the disciple of Jesus Christ... Actually, there's victory. We overcome death because of the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Trouble can't stop the gospel advancement either because it's the zeal of the Lord accomplishing this. You see in the book of Revelation, actually it speaks of seasons and times where there is great distress, where there are great trials that come upon the saints of God. For some of you, you may actually find it helpful to go back to our series that we went through on Revelation a few years ago. It's on our website. You can listen to uh, us going through that as, as a church. Or there's a, a new book out by Dave Fellingham uh, called The Unveiling on Revelation, which again is very insightful and helpful to understanding that book. So I'd encourage people to have a read of that as well. But you see, Jesus is clear. Even at the end of his most famous preach of the Sermon of the, the Mount, uh, sermon, of the, uh, sermon on the Mount, not on the Mount, that's how uh, J. John uh, makes a little joke about it. But uh, yes, the Sermon on the Mount. He tells us to build our lives on his word so that when the storm 
comes. What you have built won't fall flat, but will remain. My friends, my challenge to you and to myself this morning is, what are you trying to build with your life? What are you investing yourself in this morning? Will what you are giving yourself to matter in 50 years' time? What about in a 1,000 years' time? As disciples of Jesus, we have the privilege, and it is a privilege, of, being, of building something that is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, a foundation that cannot be shaken or cannot be overcome. We get the privilege of investing in the kingdom of God, an eternal kingdom with eternal rewards, doing a work of eternal significance as well. A place where uh, these rewards that we receive is in a place where they cannot be destroyed. They can't, thieves cannot break in and steal. And where uh, rust and moths can't come in and destroy that. My friends, what I'm saying is what is the focus of your life? Is it on eternal things of God? Or is it on the temporary things of this life? Can I encourage you to remember Jesus' words on the parable of the sower. And actually, he gives different examples there of the seed, where it's scattered. And the third one, he says that the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Don't get distracted, is what Jesus is challenging us in that point there. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And in case you're confused this morning, Jesus is the main thing. Living for Jesus, trying to please him, giving your life in service and devotion to him, to what he has called you to do through his word, ultimately the Bible through that, but also specifically through the Holy Spirit's leading in your life as well. Keep the main thing, the main thing. You know, I can remember once when I was uh, uh, younger, I was a, a lot younger, I was uh, actually just, that was really good today, wasn't it, with, the, with the, the, uh, the worship team up here. I don't know if you noticed, it was old man Chris playing the guitar, and he had the, the beautiful Catherine singing here, but then the rest were all youth. Uh, it's just wonderful to see. You had Eve on, on the drums, Nathan Steele first time on the piano, we, uh, and, and Abby Jones uh, singing for the first time. Should we give him a round of applause for that, actually? Well done. Anyway, when I, when I was younger, probably about a similar age to Nathan uh, was, I was in the park and I was playing football. And I'd got past the person, which was amazing because I'm not really very good at football. And I was bearing down on the goalkeeper. And uh, I can't even remember if the goalkeeper might not have been there. It may have been an open goal. But if it was, it was, just, it was either me or him and, uh, or, or, or me and an open goal, which is probably even more embarrassing. But I'll tell you what I do remember. 
was the fact that as I, as I started heading towards the goal, these three beautiful girls started chanting my name. Go sigh, go sigh. And I can tell you, as a teenage boy, my mind was no longer on the ball. <laughs> it was on these three women, or girls, I should say, these three teenage girls. And uh, uh, so much so that I went to kick the ball and I so badly kicked it, it went straight up into the air and I completely missed the goal. Much to the amusement and laughter of everybody in the room. And my point is, my friends, don't make a mockery of your life by being distracted by temporary things. Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith. The Apostle Paul puts it like this. As for the rich in this present age, and by the way, that's all of us in this room. If you live in the UK, in world terms, you are rich. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are rich in the present age. You may not feel like it, but the truth is, if you live in this country, you are in world terms. As for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be proud, nor to set their, their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Are you taking hold of that which is truly life this morning, my friends? That which will last forever? Are you giving yourselves to good works that God has for you, building his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, as the Lord's Prayer that uh, Jesus teaches us, that many of us, I'm sure, will pray daily. Are you doing that? Or are you distracted by the riches that God has given you, fulfilling your own desires, rather than laying them at Christ's feet, so that they store up for yourselves treasure in heaven? Don't waste your life, my friends. As ultimately, don't waste it on things that don't satisfy because they don't ultimately satisfy you. They leave you wanting more and they can be lost in a moment. Maintain that eternal perspective. Jesus has the best view. Jesus has life and life in all its fullness. And if you give your life to building his church, to serving his people to extending his kingdom, you are building something of eternal significance, eternal value that cannot be lost. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's my first point, if you like. And having, made it, made, having it, made it clear that we need to maintain an eternal perspective, living for the age to come, one of the main ways he calls us to do that is by building the church. It says on the title up there, the, the church community, because I want to make clear, it's not talking about a building, we're talking about the people of God that we're 
that, that I'm speaking on here. We build the church to reach the lost. And we reach the lost to build the church. You're saved individually by faith in Jesus Christ. But you're saved into a family. The family of God. The church. Every single believer in the world belongs to the church universal. The moment they put their faith in Jesus. But scripture clearly teaches us and shows us that every believer should be rooted in the reality of a local church. You see with the uh, disciples that when they went out to fulfill the great commission, the apostles of, of Jesus, when they went out to fulfill the great commission of making disciples of all nations, they went and planted churches Phil Wilhue says in his book, just as it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a church to raise a disciple. Mark Dever says in his book, the Bible teaches that the local church is the natural environment for, disi- for discipling. Do you know, the book of Acts gives us a beautiful picture of what uh, this looked like in the early church, actually in a time when there was growing opposition coming Against them. It says this in Acts chapter 4. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to them was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. So the early church, as recorded in Scripture, for our example, were of one heart and soul together. They were devoted to each other. Their focus was on being the body of Christ together, not individual Christians, but the family of God. They were so invested in building the church, in building God's family, that they, they set us the example of amazing financial generosity towards the work of God as well. But let's also remember, because we can often miss this point, that this was the church in Jerusalem. It was a predominantly Jewish Uh, church at that time in history. Thus they were selling, if you like, their stake in the promised land, the promises to their ancestors to take hold of the greater promises that were theirs in Christ Jesus. Recognizing that the focus of God was not restricted to one people group in one particular location, but to world mission and to every tribe tongue and nation. My friends, this was a much bigger thing for them than it is for us, is what I'm saying. But they were seeking to invest their heart and soul and finances in order to build the church of God and to advance the gospel, to fulfill the great commission that Jesus had given them and to usher in the eternal age. What about you? What about you this morning?
Christchurch, we're not a club. We're a family. We're part of the family of God. We're called to build each other up in Christ. We're called to ensure that as a church, we're doing all that God has called us to do in this particular season to reach those around us and to play our part in the Great Commission as well. So the gospel can go out to all nations. We're not called to come here with our own agenda of the things that that we want, but to give ourselves to Christ, to be part of Christ's body, to build his kingdom through us as his church. This involves us investing our hearts and our soul into the things that God has called us to do. And of course, the fruit of that will impact your time and your finances as well. Everything, if you like, becomes secondary to the call of God on your life, which of course is a no-brainer in truth if you're living for eternity, not distracted by the things of now. You see, my friends, one of the positive things of the COVID pandemic is it gave people time to reflect and to evaluate what you have been giving your lives to. And that's, that's a, that was a positive thing, that you could actually reflect, have time to think about those things. However, can I say a negative thing? I've had obviously many more, but one of the negative things is it led to more people thinking about me, thinking about just yourself, rather than thinking about we, rather than thinking about us as the people of God. Do you know there are many areas in church life where they're struggling for helpers because people are starting to think, oh, actually, I'm just, I'm just not really interested in that anymore. You're thinking about me rather than serving the body of Jesus Christ, rather than building the church. As Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to Jesus. We belong to Christ. And as his church, let's not think me Let's think we together. What can I contribute to build his family here on earth, storing up a great future foundation in the age to come? Disciples of Jesus build the church. They are devoted to building a community together that glorifies God. A community that is actually beautifully described in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. And I'm going to close by reading this. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up as I read this. But can I just ask you just to quieten your minds and your hearts before God. And as I read it, just allow God's Holy Spirit, even now, just to be challenging you as to what things he wants you to grow in from this passage. As he's doing a work in all of us, none of us, of the finished article until we go to be with Christ in glory. So just allow the scripture to, to challenge you as I, I read it. Just soften your heart. You can close your eyes if you want to. It, is, it will appear on the screen behind me if you find that more helpful to follow along as well. But just allow God's spirit to speak to you through God's word this morning. It says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. 
Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honourable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. Disciples of Jesus, build the church. For they are devoted to building a community that glorifies God. As they're not living for this age, but for the age to come. Can I invite you to stand? I'm just going to pray over us. Pray that God would do a work in your heart. A deep work in each one of our hearts. If you want God to do that deep work of making you more eternally focused, of making your life count for eternal significance as you look to build the church. Just put your hand out in front of you to receive a fresh from God, from his spirit who's here, he wants to meet with you. Father God, thank you, Lord, that you take what was not us, Lord God, people that were in darkness, oh God, and you save us and you transform us and you have uh, an amazing purpose for each person in this room, Lord God. You have specific plans for them, Lord God, and you have plans for them to fit into part of the things that you're calling us to do as a church, Lord God, and each one of them is fruitful, each one of them is satisfying, Lord God. Thank you as we lay our lives down at your feet, Lord God. Actually, Lord God, our lives count for so much more. Thank you that you reward us, Lord God, with eternal rewards. And Lord, I just pray for each person here. Would you come now by your Holy Spirit, Lord? Would you meet with each person in this room, Lord Jesus? Father, as they surrender themselves to you afresh this morning, as they say, Lord, we want to live for eternity. We want to give our lives to serving you. We want to give our all to serving you, whatever that costs, whatever that takes, Lord God, we trust you, we'll follow you, we'll do what you call us to do. Lord, I just pray by your spirit, you would just come and seal that in people's hearts, that you would bless them, that they would get that sense of your love for them, your approval of them, your acceptance of them, Lord God. Father, thank you, we don't earn that, we get that free anyway. Lord, they don't have to do anything other than come to you. And Lord, Lord, I just pray you would meet with them afresh. Meet with each one of us. Help us to be a church that is focused on the age to come, that's not 
distracted by temporary things that is giving ourselves to build your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this in Jesus' name.